How does the ocean rock the boat? How did the razor find my throat? Today, on Check Yourself, Alice. Check Yourself. All right, welcome back to Check Yourself, perhaps the finest podcast devoted solely to Czech films. I have, thank God, a guest again today. Could you please introduce yourself? Uh, hello, I'm Matthew. Um, I was on an episode a while ago. <laughs> exactly. Faithful listeners are going to recognize that voice. Uh, that was from our second episode. Matthew was on to talk about the fabulous Baron Munchausen. Today we're talking Jan Spankmeyer's Alice. So, Matthew, to start with, you have a pretty good collection of Alice films, right? Would you mind talking about that and, and what led you to start collecting? Uh, yeah. Um, you'd like to think it, I, I watched them as a kid, but I didn't really. My my interest came later when I when I learned about how um, the author of the original story, um, Lewis Carroll, um, is his pen name, but uh, he, he was a mathematician and, and the original story of Alice was mainly about his frustrations about um, his field and what changes were happening. And he wrote all these, these absurdist things and told them to um, Alice, uh, the Alice he knew. Um, and so I was kind of fascinated about the math and the controversy and that sort of thing. And, and, and the story just, was, just came from there. Um, and so I began collecting all different versions to see who got that and who didn't, kind of. Interesting. Like, yeah. Yeah, you, well, you are, you are uh, someone who studied math yourself and has taught math or, or math, I guess, over in sunny England. Um, and, yeah, there's definitely, in, in Alice, I think, a strain of sort of illogic and uh, mathematical illogic right throughout it. Yeah, yeah, he's poking fun at sort of the branch of mathematics where they're playing around with logic and different numbering systems and that sort of thing. And so he's just making fun of that. And, um, yeah. <laughs> now, do you do you have a – or would you mind talking about maybe a, a couple of the so, – so certainly I think most folks are probably familiar with the Disney cartoon or yeah. maybe even the more recent uh, Tim Burton, Alice Telling. But, but what are some of the other films that you have? Um, the first version I ever watched was, I don't know if you have, if you remember this one, it was a made for TV, um, Alice version made in the early eighties. It had a lot of those, the, uh, stars at the time as guest appearances as the queen and that sort of thing. Um, but that was the first version I ever watched and my first introduction to say the Jabberwocky and that sort of thing. And okay. it terrified me as a child. It had, it had a big reaction so I, and I remembered it ever since. So that was my first version. And then I, I saw the Disney one, and I was always disappointed by that. But You know, I, I, I was actually really afraid or, by the Disney one. And, and I think because the illogic and um, mm, yeah. the strangeness, and uh, one scene in particular where Alice is weeping because she can't find her way back home. Um, yeah, but, yeah. But it, Alice, it, it is, you know, it is absurd, but there is a lot of scariness to it too, right? Yeah, I mean, one... Well, there's very few things like it out there. Like there's a few things that try and capture that sort of feeling like the labyrinth, the movie, the eighties movie with uh, David Bowie and, 
And that, that it's that same kind of feeling where there's like kind of risky, but you don't really know what's kind of going on. It's all kind of bizarre. Um, yeah, where was I going with that? Sorry. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Um, but yeah, the, the versions that kind of embrace that were always my favorite, favorite versions of it. There, am I correct? There's an, a pretty old silent film version. I'm not sure if you have that or if that can even be found. Um, um, I do have a black and white Broadway version of it. I don't know where that is. Um, I, I do know there's older versions that I've not seen. Like, I don't have all the versions. There's far too many. Um, yeah. But I've seen probably 20 different versions of Alice, um, like adaptations and things. Um, yeah. If if you had to recommend uh, a, a lesser seen version of what, what one would you recommend to people? Um, this one that we're about to talk about is high on my list um, for various reasons I'll get into probably. But like I, I just because it's the first one I saw, the 1980s made for TV version. I don't think a lot of people see that anymore. And some people who are our age who may have may seen it might remember it and not realize they watched it at some point. But it, yeah, I'd recommend those two versions. Perfect. All right, thank you. Well, I thought we could go ahead and, and start our, our segment, um, check honored or check down. So typically, what we do in this segment is talk through check foods and whether or not we would rate them honored or bounced. But we've done enough of those, I think. So I thought today we could talk about a check, uh, talk about a Czechoslovakian person and whether we would honor that person or bounce that person. Uh, today, talking about uh, Vaclav Havel. So he was a dissident playwright. He later served as president of Czechoslovakia and then the Czech Republic. So check honored or check bounced. God, that's tough. I don't know much about the guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, he was I, a, yeah, he was a dissident under communist rule and um, wrote plays at a time that was kind of dangerous to do so, or at least these politically charged plays. Okay. Later, I think he won the Presidential Medal of Freedom of the U.S., uh, which okay. you know, is a oh, good or a bad thing. Yeah, well, anyone who's taking risks of that sort of type to try and make a point um, when it's politically dangerous for them is you got you got to respect that. So, um, not knowing much else about the guy, I would say honored. As I said too. All right, <laughs> check honored. So, so let's go ahead and start talking about Alice. Um, so this is a stop motion film from 1988. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. I don't even want to think about the amount of work that must have gone into making the movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's insane how much time was taken in this. Yeah. Um, throughout, there's not a lot of dialogue. Um, it, it all appears to me to have been spoken by the same young girl, probably the actress playing Alice. Um, yeah. Al although maybe not because it's all in English in the version I, I watched. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it almost enhances the strangeness of it because there's no narrator to kind of guide you through it. You're just trying to work it out just like she's trying to. Um, it, I, I kind of like the fact that there's not much dialogue, personally. I do, too. It's funny. Um, I, I personally had I saw it probably between 15 and 20 years ago for the first time. Mm. And I don't know if I had seen it again since. So. Mm. In my memory, it was slower and stranger than it turned out. It's still strange, but I thought yeah. that the pace was great. Um, yeah. 
Um, but anyway, so it starts with water. Then there's a little girl throwing stones into the water. Um, she sits by her guardian who, is her, who has her nose in a book. There's the title card. We see an interior of a room. It's, there's somewhat haunting ambient music, a ticking clock. Um, there's a drawing of a dog, a cup of tea, and something falling into it. And you see that Alice is throwing stones into the teacup. There's a so <laughs> in, in in our first super absurd moment, a taxidermied rabbit in a case pulls his paw free from nails holding him down. Um, he pulls out a drawer with his clothes, gets dressed, breaks the glass of the cage, checks his pocket watch, says, "Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, I shan't be late," and disappears into a dresser drawer. Yeah, and you say pocket watch very loosely because he literally pulls it out of his chest. <laughs> like a hole. <laughs> and he's got so. sawdust in there from being taxidermied. Um, yep, yep. So what did you make of that sort of uh, more, I don't want to say gothic, but um, there's a uh, kind of a darkness to that, right, that this is a dead rabbit? Yeah, it's, it's terrifying, and I love it. Um like, I, I don't know if I saw it as a child, I'd be absolutely, you know, um, you're not, I would say it would, it would stick with me. It'd be an image. I mean, cause he literally pulls the nails. They're sticking out of his hand and he bites off the nail with a little metal yeah. that's still t- sticking out of his paw. So it's, it's pretty gruesome, but you know, it, it, the attention to detail there is like, is, is well done. I listen to, you know, and my, my children who are four and seven actually watch, most of the movie with me um, and seemed to like it. I yeah. I, I think my out. daughter would like it, but my sons wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we see Alice outside on a flat, barren landscape. Um, she's mm-hmm. running. She finds the dresser and claps. So the dresser is outside in this landscape. Um, mm-hmm. Tries to open the door and falls. Opens it. There are rulers, protractors sort of math stuff, right? You mentioned that Charles Dodson was a was a professor of math. Um, yeah. And then she crawls into the drawer herself and yeah. seems to have shrunk. Um, the inside of the drawer is like a cave. The rabbit is there eating from a bowl. And was he eating sawdust? He was eating sawdust, yeah. Yeah, yeah which he probably needs because he probably shed some as he... Every time he checks his pocket watch, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he says, oh, dear, oh, dear, how late is getting again? She tries to talk to him, but he runs. And mm-hmm. she tries his food and spits it out. Um, she steps on something. I think it's a rake. She gets hit, falls over, and, and falls through a hole in the floor. Keeps falling. Yeah, which turns into an uh, an elevator, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And she's she's passing things like um, dusty bottles and bird skeletons. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. The taxidermy theme continues throughout. Yeah. And, it, you know, that stuff reminded me of Dave McKeon, um, the artist who did, like, uh, Sandman covers and, like, uh, oh, yeah. the illustrations for Wizard and Glass, the Stephen King book. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> she lands on a pile of leaves and stands before a door. And then the rabbit appears. And I, I love this. The, the enormous pile of leaves vanishes into the drawer, which is much too small to contain all these leaves. Mm-hmm. And doesn't um, she open the drawer and look inside and it's empty and there's a key? Yeah. Well, the leaves are they're completely gone. Yeah, they're completely gone, but there's this key, this tiny key. And she uses it to open the door, standing 
before. Or actually, it's a tiny door in the bottom right corner, I think, that she opens. Yeah, there's a door in a door. Like, there's a big door and a tiny little door in the corner. That yeah. She opens. And she brings her head down to look through and sees the rabbit walk by. Oh, she'll have my head, the rabbit says. She tries to get it attention, and again, he runs. Um, so, at this point, it's pretty clear that the the movie's going to take from the book for sure, mm-hmm. um, but it's also taking some liberties. So what did you make yeah. of that, the differences between the movie and the book? Uh, there were some good liberties and some not so good. Like, it, 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 it's, I mean, I'm not saying the original book is very, the the plot is very connected and nice and uh even it, it it still jumps around the original book quite a lot, but it seems the movie jumps around a little bit more. In fact, that's my one criticism of it is there's very little to tie it together. It's just like jumping from scene to scene in the book, trying to get each scene in. Um, and it, 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 it shuffles them around from what's in the book a little bit as well, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's nice. It's nice to see how, his interpretation of this the story is and how he thought the order should go, but um, there were times when like I as, I know how everyone else tells the story and how this tells the story and how it's different. It kind of is a little jarring to me at first, but yeah, it can be, and it's it, it is so different from the book. You know, a lot of the book's charm is based on puns or um, or nonsense or or a lot of a lot of dialogue and, and even songs. And mm-hmm. this this movie really strips most of that away, and you're left with strange images. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's lacking. You, you kind of miss it a little bit. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, the imagery is so bizarre, and it's it's just you're almost mesmerized by a lot of the scenes. And and there is some humor here, like. Every time she finds that that table and tries to open the door, the knob knob comes off and she yeah. falls to the ground every single time. <laughs> it's like it's, it's almost like the the director was traumatized by something like that as a kid and he must make this point or something. But right. Um, but there's there's humor throughout and the rake. There was no reason for that rake to be there and her hitting it, her head on it. It's still, you know, it's, yeah. it's humor throughout. That's almost it's like a cartoon, a cartoon sort of thing. Yeah. Like yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so she can't fit through the door. Um, she finds a bottle of what appears to be ink, dips her finger in, licks it, and then sucks it, and then mm-hmm. downs the whole bottle. Um, yeah. Shrinks until she's not just doll size, but a doll, an actual doll herself. She looks like a little China doll with with uh, doll hair. <laughs> and that was pretty neat. I, I, I probably I should have mentioned before that uh, Alice herself is a real person, although most of the what she interacts with is props, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now she's a doll. Oh, but the little door is locked again, and the key is now on top of the door. She can't reach it. So she eats a tart and becomes big, which allows her to get the key. But now there's no more shrinking liquid. She looks through the tiny door again, and again sees a rabbit. She reaches for him, but he beats at her with oars. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the, the attention to detail is good because she's bigger than she was when she first looked through the door and if you look at the scene that's actually what's happening in the scene the door that she's reaching her arm through looks smaller than it did in the scene before and I thought it's just the attention to detail uh, yeah. with all these, these setups is really, is really good 
nothing to do. So she's frustrated now. She starts crying. Her tears mm-hmm. soon fill some, you know, a fraction of the room. Um, and this, this, this is the one scene I think that really scared my daughter, Heidi. She didn't like the fact that she cried, and then the room started to fill with water. Um, there's a mouse, our dormouse. He swims by, dresses a sailor, and climbs onto her head. Yeah. Takes out a mallet and uses it to pound a stick into her head. Yeah, two sticks. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, he sets up his cooking stuff and cuts off some of her hair, lights that on fire. Yeah. She says, that's going too far. Like, very calmly says, that's going too far, and dunks her hair under the water. He swims away. Yeah. Um, I love that scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even think that's in the book, is it? I, I don't can't remember. remember that. No. Um, the rabbit, he, he rows a boat carrying a plate of tarts. He bumps into her. Um, he quickly paddles away, breaking through the background. <laughs> she eats a tart and is small again. This is one thing that bothered my daughter Gemma, is that the tart sometimes makes you big, sometimes makes you, makes you small. Yeah. Um, birds attack her, but she breaks free. She takes the key and opens the, the locked door again and finally gets through to a grassy exterior landscape. Soon the rabbit is swept through as well, pulls his boat onto the grass. She tugs on his coat. There you are, Marianne, he says. Now fetch me some new scissors. She protests that she is not Marianne, but to no avail. So that rabbit, man, I don't know if he's distracted or what, but. <laughs> I love that he's always late. But it's, I know it's this, it's this way in the book as well, but like he's always complaining about being late, but again, he's just never really going to where he needs to go. He's always right. finding all these things to do. So it's no wonder he's late. Right. Um, soon she seems to be in her Alice's room again, her bedroom, but now she's a doll. She finds the label for the taxidermied rabbit's case and presses the white button, which rings like a doorbell. A ladder comes down. Um, she climbs it, and she's in a little doll-sized room. Finds scissors and a bottle of ink. Drinks the ink and becomes big again. Which, given the room's small size, she's pretty cramped. And that was a nice image, too, I thought. You know, regular-sized Alice in this room that's much too small for her. Mm. Um, The rabbit comes to the window, demands the scissors, climbs the ladder. He tries to break the door down to get into the room, but she slams his hand in the door, and he bleeds sawdust, uh, stitches himself up. If I can't get through the door, I'm going to go through the window. He climbs the ladder, and she pushes him down, throws blocks at him. And he blows a whistle, and the cavalry arrives. Birds with skeletons for head. <laughs> um, they pull a carriage on which sits a bird skeleton. What did you think of that? This is this is probably the <laughs> This is the scene when I was watching, I was thinking, like, I don't know if I'd let my kids watch it because it's just that terrifying those skulls moving around on wheels. And it just seems like, I don't know. It's like things that shouldn't go together are put together. And it, yeah. it's just it. This is the most, where it's at, it's most bizarre. I think the film, um, I, I know in the scene in the book, there's, there's a lot of characters like this. And the scene is, is pretty, pretty close to what's actually written about what's happening. But yeah. you think he could have, he could have gone for the, the characters that they were in the book, but instead he just said, oh, here's him, random bird skull. So <laughs> it just seemed, <laughs> it seemed he just wanted to use that instead. Yeah, and there and there is a there is a thread in Alice the book that's that's somewhat dark. 
what there's that great um joke where the dark joke where Alice says someone says to Alice, I can't remember how old Alice is, but say she's seven. Um, someone says, you should have stopped at six. And she said, oh, you can't stop. Or she says, one can't stop at six. And he says, well, one can't, but with the help of two, you might have stopped. <laughs> so basically saying, we, we yeah. killed you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, that sort of darkness is pretty overt here in the movie. Yeah, it's, it's pretty overt. It, it yeah. embraces it. <laughs> Any kind of hint at darkness in the original book and story is, is embraced, definitely. Right. <laughs> um, so one of the creatures goes down the chimney to get her. I hope I haven't forgotten how to kick, she says. And she hasn't. Launches him. <laughs> he, he lands in a, is it a greenhouse sort of thing? And he starts, no, he, or does he land on the ground? But either way, he's like dead, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. He's on the um, rabbit's throwing rocks at her. The rocks turn into tarts. She eats one and becomes small again and tries to escape. They give chase. Mm-hmm. Um, they're advancing on her. I think they're ringed around her in a circle. And she falls into a container of, I think it's milk, and turns into a giant doll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like With her inside it. So you, you can see that she's trapped inside it. Yeah, that's so cool. I That is really cool. And kind of, again, if you were a kid, maybe kind of scary. That yeah, she's inside this giant um, encased. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they tie a rope to her. She's pulled away, but she breaks out. And then it, my notes kind of um, become one word: bugs. There's meat walking around. <laughs> um, she finds a key in a sardine can. There are sawdust sockworms. What do you think of these these socks? I love those socks, and I know I know it's, it eventually builds up to the caterpillar in in the story, but I I love the fact that they're socks, they're free, and they're like build, digging holes in the floor and and doing things like that. I love yeah. that. Yeah, they grow through the holes in the floor. They have um, they have ho- holes on one end with teeth in in the holes, right? And eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah, and I love her socks trying to escape and join them as a point. Yeah. Socks try to escape down the hole, but she stops yeah. them. I yeah. love that. <laughs> um, she sees a tiny house shaking. There's a baby crying, or mm-hmm. cries from a baby coming from within. Every so often, dishes fly out of the house and, and shatter. Um, a creature stops by with an envelope, hands it to the person who opens the door, saying, "This is an al- invitation for Alice from the Queen." But that's me, Alice says. Um, suddenly there's a real pig, which takes off. Alice opens the invitation, which is blank. And after this, we see a version of the t- Mad Hatter's uh, tea party. Mm-hmm. The, the traditional riddle is asked, right, why is a raven like a writing desk? There's butter spread on watches and all that. How did you like yeah. that, that scene? I liked it pretty good, because it's, it's got the butter. It's got the ridiculousness. They keep moving down. The the visualization of they he moves his boots and the sound effects. Um, the sound effects in particular through the whole film, like uh, Sunmaker, really or Von Meyer. How do you pronounce that? Sorry. Um, he does really good with sound effects. They're almost exaggerated to the point of like being pointed so, to make a point. Um, yeah. But I like this scene. I like it a lot. I do too. Um, so she leaves the tea party, goes upstairs. 
there's a dark room filled with clothing. There's some menacing music. Um, shadows of a sword fight. And there are two men from playing cards. They're flat and cardboard men who are fighting. We see the king and queen also made out of cardboard and their attendant cards. Off of their heads, the queen says, and the fighters' heads are cut off. Um, the Mad Hatter and another rabbit are playing cards now. This rabbit's eyes fall out, and he <laughs> stops moving. Alice winds him up, and he becomes kind of manic. Yeah. Um, not that there was any connection, but it, for whatever reason, this reminded me of the TikTok man from, um, was it Return to Oz? Oh, yeah. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Uh, that's, that's a good that's, point. That's a good movie. Yeah, I got to see that again. Terrifying. Um, <laughs> so off of their heads, the queen says, the Mad Hatter and this other rabbit are decapitated. And the queen asks Alice if she can play croquet. Alice picks the flamingo, which um, th- this kind of reminds me, of course, it's in the Disney version, but it, that yeah. was a memorable scene for the Disney version for me. Mm-hmm. The queen hits a pincushion, which knocks several men um, out of their playing card backgrounds, if that makes sense. Yeah. Off of their heads. There's a hedgehog, a real hedgehog, and a real chicken hanging out. Well, they, they, the, the, the flamingo turns into a chicken, and oh, the, yeah. the thing they were hitting turns into a real hedgehog before she can hit it, and she decides, like, oh, I can't do it. hit them now. Right, right. Um, this is a nice touch. The white mm-hmm. rabbit leaves. Alice says, please wait for me. She follows. Step forward, the king says. Do you mean me? Off with her head, the queen says. After all, she ate the royal tarts. So the creatures loom menacingly. Alice is asked to read from a text. There's this sort of absurd trial, um, which is faithful to the book. She eats one of the tarts. Off with her head, the queen says. Alice begins to eat all the tarts. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a nice bit of defiance, I guess. Um, She wakes up. She's back in the real world again. She sees the broken case of the taxidermied rabbit, pulls it out a drawer, which holds a pair of scissors. Mm. And... uh, he's late as usual, she says. I think I'll cut his head off. There's a close-up of her lips, and the film ends. Yeah. <laughs> so, what you mentioned earlier that this is maybe one of the lesser-seen versions of Alice that you would recommend to somebody. What What is it about the movie that uh, would make it worth recommending? Um... It's just the visualization, the, the different interpretation of the scenes, and the horror of it, because a lot of the um, a lot of the versions of Alice that you can see, they're all like they turn they Disneyfy it. They 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 turn it into this non-threatening story, where you know she's just kind of trotting along and there's no danger to her necessarily. Uh, and that's not really what the book's about. I don't think it's about to me to me personally the story from Alice's perspective is about her trying to follow these rules of the adult world and none of them making any sense. Kind of like yeah. how you think think a lot of kids in school might feel. Like if they're like, oh, learn this new mathematical rule and like they don't really know why they're learning it. It, it just seems like, from my perspective, that's kind of the story. And I think from this kind of gets that feeling for me through pretty well. Just because she doesn't really know what's going on, but like she doesn't really care too much. She's just interested in the white rabbit for the most of the film. And, everyone else's craziness can just, you know, she just tries to ignore as best she can. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Um, 
I would agree. I think if you're looking for a, a totally faithful version of the book, it, this is not that. But no, that's no, not. You know, you have the book, so I think if you're going to do a version, you, you might as well try to make it new and interesting if you can. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of menace and strangeness. There's a dreamlike quality. And I just think mm-hmm. there's a ton of care and time and energy that's been lavished onto the stop-motion animation, and it looks great. Um, it's really memorable. I yeah. I don't know about you. I have not seen any of um, the director's other films, although I'd like to. No, I haven't either. No, actually, well, that's not necessarily true. Like, there's a short film on the DVD I have of this, uh, Darkness Lights Darkness, I think it's called. Um, How was which it? Which is... Uh, I didn't watch it this time, but I've watched it before, and I remember it's it's pretty much just as bizarre as the film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll have to watch it again, but um, but yeah, I haven't seen any of those other things, but I kind of wish I would, um, because they are, you know, if they're anything like this, then that they have to be worth watching. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're if you're um, a film aficionado, especially if you like art films or stop motion stuff. You should definitely check it out. I think if you're an Alice fan, it's definitely worth checking out to see this this different version. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. I, I think it's kind of crazy that the Criterion Collection has not released any Songfire. And there's rights issues, I'm sure, and everything else. But I imagine, yeah. Yeah, when you think of a foreign film director who's somewhat arty or adventurous, like this seems to fit the bill for sure. Yeah, and I imagine there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things with this and how he got to do it, and there's a lot of things they could add in, like a behind-the-scenes, you know, like Criterion tends to do. Yeah. Um, but it does make you wonder why they haven't. So it sounds like you are calling for a boycott of Criterion? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, maybe maybe if they, they continue to resist releasing their services in uh, the U.K., yeah. <laughs> Hashtag cancel criterion listeners. Yeah. Um, they they should have released it. They should, um, especially the Criterion Channel because there's a wealth of stuff on there. Um, anything else you felt we should talk about in relation to the film? Um, one of the things that is disappointing is the film, I wish the film was longer. I know how much time it would take to make this film, but there's some notable things, scenes that I would have loved to have seen his interpretation of, like the Cheshire Cat or, yeah. you, know, you know, things like that. And I just think I wish that was in the film a bit more. So, um, you know, hopefully someday someone will come along and do something very similar to this, but um, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Or the Wal- the Walrus and the Carpenter was one. The Walrus and the Carpenter was the other one, yes. And, and yeah. or Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Or the Jabberwocky. I mean, if we're talking to, about Through the Looking Glass as well, like the whole thing. Like, because the Jabberwocky is terrifying. Imagine what his interpretation of the Jabberwocky would be, would be even more so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet. I, I think that's a great point. All right, so, you know... Overall, I, I guess there were times that I sort of missed that high verbal absurdity for the book, but there's a lot of really memorable and interesting visuals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I saw when I first saw it at like 20 years old or whatever, it seemed um, kind of short. I'm sorry, kind of slow to me. It definitely did not now, though. And, and I agree. Mm-hmm. Now I wish it was a little bit longer, if anything. Yeah. 
So for me, I would say it's probably 4.5 sock monsters out of five. <laughs> I'd say four sock monsters out of five. That's still pretty good. If, yeah. if, you had, if you had to recommend a check film to someone and you knew nothing about the person, would it be this or would it be Fabulous Baron Munchausen? Ooh, Ooh, that's a tough question. That's a very tough question because I like both of them very well. Um, To me, this this has a bit more cohesion behind it. I I I do love Baron Munchausen, but I I think I'd recommend this one a little bit more, even though I gave it a slightly lower rating. I it's it's really tough for me. Um, I might say Baron Munchausen, but I would absolutely recommend to someone if they haven't seen this film, they should definitely check it out. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. Appreciate you you joining us all the way across the sea. Anytime. And, uh, will we hear from you in the future? I hope so. <laughs> we have just four Czech films remaining, everybody. We're coming down to the wire. Um, if you are interested in another film series, maybe devoted to French films, um, foreign fantasy films, or something else I thought about but don't remember, oh, Kurosawa films, please email checkyourselffilms at gmail.com and your thoughts will be duly noted. Thank you and check yourself. Check out